This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Friday, January 13th. I'm Gavin McGough. In today's headlines, Alpine Rangers prepare for 2023 in the high country, town discusses water rates, Telluride tourism looks abroad, and a mountain weather forecast. Don't head up there now, but come summertime, the mountain passes across the southwestern San Juans are buzzing with traffic from jeeps and mountain bikes to runners and hikers. On Imogene Pass, Black Bear Road, the Ofer Pass, and half a dozen others in the area, those recreators are hosted by Alpine Rangers. Dana Gardunio, a forest ranger with the Ure District of the Grand Mesa on Compagre and Gunnison National Forests, says visitors are often eager to stop and chat with Forest Service representatives. It's surprising every time you and I'm out there, not as an Alpine Ranger, when you have that Forest Service vehicle or the shield on your arm, how many people want to come up and talk to you and have questions or even just uh, tell you about their experience up there, um, both good and bad. And so it's been a really positive program for in terms of reaching the public directly to where they are recreating. The Alpine Ranger program started in 2005 and Gardunio came before the San Miguel Board of County Commissioners this week to report on their accomplishments in 2022. Here is Gardunio. We had two full-time rangers this year that covered um, from June to September. They worked over the weekends when we knew we were going to have the most visitors being out there. Um, Two big wins for this year were reconstruction of both the corkscrew and the Yankee Boy bathrooms. Rangers oversee the mountain passes and work to distribute safety information and weather updates to travelers in the area. In a sobering memory from the summer past, a fatal single-vehicle crash serves as a reminder of how dangerous these alpine roads can be, Gardunio says. Unfortunately, we did have one pretty significant accident this year. Um, it was on the array side. I'm sure you all heard about it. It was a, an outfitted um, guide who was under permit with the Forest Service um, did have a, fa- a fatality. He went off the road and had two two um, clients with him at the time that also passed away. While Alpine Rangers have always been a seasonal position, Gardunio says GMUG is poised to hire its first full-time, year-round Alpine Ranger ever. We have a tentative offer and are waiting confirmation for our very first permanent full-time Alpine Ranger. Um, we advertised the position back in the spring for two, um, looking to, to transition out of the seasonal hiring into more um, permanent full-time, year-round capacity, primarily because, uh, well, there's a few reasons. One, we've been talking about doing something like this for a while because of just the skill set, the familiarity of that terrain, and just wanting someone who feels really comfortable operating in that environment. Commissioners were heartened by the news of the new hire and thanked Gardunio for her update. Going forward, County Commissioner Hillary Cooper says San Miguel County is looking for ways to foster communication and collaboration between the many land agencies and organizations working in the San Juans. Uh, that's been a real challenge for us in you know, communication, in coordinating maps, in coordinating education, uh, in um, Enforcement, um, all of it, it's, it's um, challenging because we all kind of operate under different land managers. 
Uh, and our hope was to bring those land management agencies together and have a more coordinated effort moving forward. Those efforts will continue, and Gardunio says might be helped along by the year-round Alpine Ranger position. Water rates were on the docket at Telluride's town council meeting this week. KOTO's Julia Caulfield has more. If you live in the town of Telluride, you pay the town for water and wastewater. Or do you? The town provides free water and wastewater service up to a bi-monthly base gallon for any residential unit, which is inhabited by a current member in good standing of the Telluride Volunteer Fire Department or the Telluride Emergency Medical Technician Association, who has been a member for a period of at least a year. That's Kaylee Ranta, finance director for the town of Telluride. This benefit also um, applies to retired firefighters with 20 or more years of service. The benefit has been in place for several decades, but this week, Telluride Town Council held a work session to discuss the benefit for firefighters and EMS and decide if it wants to continue with the program. The free water only applies to firefighters and EMS who live in the town limits, As such, Ranta says the number isn't that large. Currently, there's a total of 30 utility accounts that receive this benefit, and 13 of these are retired members. That equals out to just over $50,000 a year, according to Ranta, at the 2023 water and wastewater rates. While the discussion could have become contentious, it did not. Council unanimously supported keeping the program. Here is Council Member Adrian Christie, followed by Council Member Geneva Shonat, and then Council Member Dan Enright. I think we've been asking the question because we haven't known what the total dollar amount and the number of people receiving the benefit is over the last couple of years when we've been talking about it in peace. So I think it's helpful to know. I thought it was going to be more than $52,000, and I think it's a great way to um, increase the benefits package for the fire department. So if it was like hundreds of thousands of dollars, I think I would be more concerned about it, but yeah. I think it's great and we should do it. I will say that to me, it's money well spent that, you know, even for paid members of our fire department, they're not getting rich, especially in the high cost of living of Telluride. It's another tool in our toolbox that we can use to incentivize high quality uh, firefighters in our region, which is a necessity. And in the grand scheme of our total budget, $52,000 a year is a rounding error. So the free water and wastewater for firefighters remains. At the meeting, town council also discussed creating a reduced rate structure for deed-restricted commercial buildings. As it stands, there is only one such building in Telluride, but there will be more once the Voodoo housing project is completed. Council directed staff to work on creating a rate structure that mirrors the free market residential and deed-restricted residential rates. Deed-restricted units pay approximately 35% less than free market. Telski bills itself as the premier mountain resort in North America. And who wouldn't want to travel the world to ski the mountain and stay in this charming western town? Kira Skinner, director of the Telluride Tourism Board, or TTB, says currently international travelers actually make up a very small percentage of Telluride's visitors. Um, So currently international visitors account for 2.5% of lodging occupancy, and that's for this winter. 
Skinner adds, since last summer, there has been some growth in the number of international visitors making their way to Telluride. But those numbers have not yet caught up with pre-pandemic levels. Compared to the 2019-2020 to ski year, Skinner says international visitation is down by over half. Um, but when we look at year over three years, so when we compare to the 2019-2020 ski season, um, revenue is down by 9% and stays have decreased by 60%. So again, some opportunity to um, go back to pre-pandemic um, international visitation and then expand and grow. With international borders reopen and testing requirements falling away, Telluride is ready once again to welcome international visitors. In its 2023 contract with the town of Telluride, the tourism board has been asked to not market Telluride domestically, but to advertise only beyond the borders of the U.S. Skinner explains international visitors come with unique benefits. They have a lesser impact on the destination, all while bringing more money to the local economy, Skinner explains. We find that the international visitor has longer lengths of stay, they don't drive into town, um, they fly, and they tend to take public transportation. According to data provided by the Colorado Tourism Office, the international visitor brings three times the revenue that one domestic visitor brings, and overseas visitors bring five times the revenue. You know, less amount of people at higher revenue um, to really keep our economy thriving here in Telluride. TTB advertised Telluride abroad before the pandemic. Skinner says reaching those markets often depends less on traditional advertising and more on reaching out to tour groups and travel agencies abroad. We also will focus on search engine marketing. We did that pre-pandemic. Um, so that is, you know, along the lines of, of more traditional, I would say. Um, but really, the relationships are the important thing in these markets. Um, we'll find that, you know, in the U.S., people generally book direct or through an OTA such as Expedia. Um, but the international market, especially markets like Australia, they book through travel trade. So through a tour operator or a travel agent. Key markets for Telluride include Australia, Mexico, and Central America in winter, as well as Europe when it comes to the summer season. Skinner says Telluride has much to offer those travelers, from a charming scale and historic character to great public transit and walkability. Skinner says other ski destinations in Colorado are also focusing on those international markets. Other ski destinations in Colorado um, have very robust programs. Um, they have multiple people on their international team and are very aggressive, especially now that the international borders have opened up. So it's very important for us to um, stay top of mind with our partners on an international level. While Telluride and TTB are not rolling out any special materials, bilingual infrastructure, or resources specifically for international visitors yet, Skinner says TTB will be eager to do so should the need arise when those visitors return. Once rare, the COVID-19 test now proliferates. For months at the outset of the pandemic, anxious Coloradans might wait 24 hours or more for a test result 
if they could track one down in the first place. For a period, curbside testing supported by the state was a godsend and a precious resource. Times, of course, have changed, and easy 15-minute rapid tests are now available at pharmacies, the Wilkinson Library, the county offices on Main Street, and most bathroom cabinets across America. The growth in rapid testing and the sustained moderation in COVID-19 outbreaks across the country have led the state of Colorado to end support for its remaining COVID-19 test sites. Peaking at almost 150 curbside sites across the state, now only 20 or so remain, and most of those will close on January 15th. Despite state funds coming to an end, San Miguel County will continue to offer free rapid NAA tests, considered the most accurate test to date, every Thursday from 10 to 11 a.m. at the Miramonte Building on Main Street. Standard 15-minute rapid tests are always available at the county offices and can also be ordered from the federal government for free at covidtests.gov. The M59 River Trail is open for Nordic skiing. The trail down valley begins at the County Transportation Department and runs west along the San Miguel River. The trail is maintained by San Miguel County Parks and Rec, but is groomed by the Telluride Nordic Association. Next Wednesday, January 18th, Mountain Film for Locals will play in the Wilkinson Library program room. The lineup features a number of short films profiling stories from the natural world and human efforts to help protect and preserve natural spaces. The selection plays under the billing Power to the Planet. The event runs from 5.30 to 7 p.m. Tuesday marked the inauguration of the Navajo Nation's new president, vice president, and tribal council members. As KSUT and KSJD's Clark Adamitis reports for Rocky Mountain Community Radio, both the incoming and outgoing presidents emphasized the importance of public health in recent statements. 36-year-old Boo Nigren has never held political office before being elected president last November. He campaigned on promises to bring utility services to tens of thousands of Navajo Nation residents who currently have none. At a ceremony in Fort Defiance, Arizona on Tuesday, Nigren reiterated those promises. Let's get basic services to the Navajo people. We need water. We need roads. We need broadband. We need better public safety. So as your next Navajo Nation president, I will not hesitate. My decisions will always be very simple. Does this move our nation forward? Does this get out of third world poverty conditions? If yes, so be it. Let's go. In an energized campaign, Nigren beat incumbent and outgoing president Jonathan Nez. Nez released remarks last week about leading tribal members through the pandemic. In a written statement, Nez said, quote, we have to remember that together we pushed back on this modern-day monster by taking precautions, protecting ourselves and others, and through prayer, unquote. From December 29th to January 4th, the Navajo Department of Health reported 141 new COVID-19 cases and three COVID deaths. The pandemic's death toll on the Navajo Nation is nearing 2,000 people. For KSUT and KSJD, I'm Clark Adamitis. 
This year, four out of five Americans are eligible for Affordable Care Act health coverage for $10 or less a month, thanks to increased subsidies in this year's Inflation Reduction Act. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, KGNU's Alexis Kenyon has more. About 11 million people have already signed up for 2023 coverage, about 13 percent more than last year. But nearly half of all insured adults have neither looked for information about the marketplace coverage or tried to obtain coverage. For that group, Affordable Care Act coverage open enrollment closes on Sunday. Here to fill us in on everything we need to know about the Affordable Care Act insurance is Laura Packard, a Denver-based healthcare advocate and founder of Healthcare Voices. Laura, welcome to the program. Good morning. So to start, tell me about the ACA deadline that's coming up on Sunday. What do people need to know? Well, Sunday, January 15th, is the deadline to sign up. Uh, This is open enrollment, which means that anyone can enroll. And you can still enroll after the deadline if you have a specific reason, like you lost your job or you got married or a life change. But for most people, the deadline is Sunday. Okay. So, but for those who think they might not qualify or they checked it out in years past and didn't get any financial benefits or coverage, what should they know? Is there anything different about this year's coverage than years past? Yes. Uh, So Biden's IRA, the Inflation Reduction Act, it made health insurance more affordable through 2025. So for the next few years, and depending on your income level, it could be quite a lot. Uh, Premiums are capped at 8.5% of your income. And whether you can get subsidies based on your income and based on you not having good uh, health insurance through your employer, those have been extended through the inflation Reduction Act. So maybe uh, in the past, a few years ago, you tried to get health insurance and it was just too expensive for your family. Uh, You can go back now, check it out, see how the prices compare and plans are more affordable than ever for many Coloradans. So enrollment is actually up this year, even before the deadline. It's up about 13% compared to where it was at last year. Why is enrollment up? And Who is signing up for this coverage? Well, it's 3 million new people. It's close to 16 million overall. That's nationwide. And in fact, it's record signups this year. And I think that it's a few different things. I think that the Inflation Reduction Act makes it more affordable for lots of people that couldn't get it before the pandemic. And also uh, the Biden administration believes in the Affordable Care Act and is doing promotional work on it as opposed to cutting the promotional outreach efforts. So I think it's some better marketing. It's the pandemic and it's that it's more affordable. Are there any healthcare scams that people should avoid? I think, I mean, I'm pretty internet savvy. And when I first started looking into ACA, I was confused. And then there's the state one and the federal one. So what should people know? Well, I think it's good to start at connectforhealthco.com because then you know you're looking at Affordable Care Act plans. If you just go to Google and Google health insurance, you could see ads from maybe places that are less reputable. And one thing to especially beware of is health sharing ministries. Health sharing ministries are not insurance. 
it's a group of people often religiously affiliated. It, it, it really isn't coverage at all. And you could find out, unfortunately, the hard way when something actually happens. So start at connectforhealthco.com. And you know, at least you're starting with reputable ACA plans. Laura Packer is a Denver-based healthcare advocate and founder of Healthcare Voices. Laura, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for cloudy skies tonight with a low around 30. Saturday should remain mostly cloudy with a high in the low 40s, and Saturday night calls for snow showers with a low around 25 degrees. Snow is likely to continue Sunday with high winds and a high temperature near 30 degrees. Sunday night should see snow showers and a low near 20. This has been the news for Friday, January 13th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206.